ಭದ್ರಂ ಕರ್ಣೇಭ್ಯಸೃಣುಯಾದ್ರಂ ಪಶ್ಯೇಮಾಕ್ಷಿರೈರಂಗೈಸ್ತುಷ್ಟುವಾಗಂಸ್ತನೂಭಿ ವ್ಯಶೇಮದೇವಿತಯದಾಯು ಸ್ವಸ್ತೀನ ಇಂದ್ರೋ ವೃದ್ಧಸ್ರವಾ ಸ್ವಸ್ತೀನ ಪೂಷಾ ವಿಶ್ವೇದಸ್ತೀನಸ್ತಾಕ್ಷರಿಷ್ಟನೇಮಿ ಸ್ವಸ್ತಿನೋ ಬೃಹಸ್ಪತಿರ್ದಾಂತಿ may we hear with our ears what is auspicious may we see with our eyes what is auspicious while praying with steady limbs may we attain the life span allotted to us may indra bestow well being on us may pushan the god of the earth who is all knowing bestow well being on us may garuda the destroyer of evil bestow well being on us may brihaspati also bestow well being on us om shanti 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 so in the last class we were studying the 11th mantra of the second chapter of the first part of mundakopanishad which is the mantra which deals with the attainment of brahma loka the highest realm of existence in the phenomenal world so the real upanishad starts from the 12th mantra which speaks of the brahma vidya where it is not the attainment of any realm of this phenomenal existence but it is going beyond this phenomenal existence to get established in one self so that we transcend all the dualities which enters from this phenomenal existence so we will uh, start with the 12th mantra the 12th and the 13th mantra uh, we will try to cover up today with that the second chapter of the first part of the mundaka upanishad will conclude and then we will enter into the the second part of mundakopanishad so what's the 12th mantra which speaks of the disciplines which we have to practice which one which a, which a aspirant has to practice so as to turn away from the relative existence which is characterized by action and its result karma karma phala and that is possible only when one gets established in one self the one who is beyond this phenomenal existence that non dual existence from which the entire creation has been projected to get established in that and to transcend all the dualities pertaining to this phenomenal existence so let's read the mantra pariksha lokan karma chitan brahmano ನಿರ್ವೇದಂ ಆಯಾತ್ ನ ಅಸ್ತಿ ಅಕೃತ ಕೃತೇನ ತತ್ ವಿಜ್ಞಾನಾರ್ಥಂ ಸ ಗುರುಂ ಅಭಿಗಚ್ಛೇತ್ ಸಮಿತ್ ಪಾಣಿ ಶ್ರೋತ್ರಿಯಂ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮನಿಷ್ಠಂ ಸೊ ಲೆಟ್ ದ ಬ್ರಾಹ್ಮಿನ್ ಆಫ್ಟರ್ ಹ್ಯಾವಿಂಗ್ ಎಕ್ಸಾಮಿಂಡ್ ಆಲ್ ದೀಸ್ ವರ್ಲ್ಡ್ಸ್ ದಟ್ ಆರ್ ಗೇನ್ ಬೈ ವರ್ಕ್ಸ್ ಪರೀಕ್ಷೆ ಲೋಕಾನ್ ಕರ್ಮಚಿತಾನ್ who a brahmana the brahmin doesn't mean someone belonging to the caste of brahmana the word brahmin means the one who is the knower of brahman one who is contemplating on brahman so as to get established so as to get identified with brahman the one who knows brahman becomes brahman he becomes one with it the knowing is becoming so the one who is knows the brahman one who is identified 
Advaita Brahman, who has, as if, got established in his real identity, is the Brahmin. So such a Brahmin, what he first has to do, has to examine that all the world that is attained to the actions, various, all the actions results in various realm of existence. So he have examined all of them. And what he found? Nirvedam ayat na asti akrita kritena. Na asti akrita kritena. So that's the thing he has realized. That nothing that is eternal can be produced by what which is not eternal. All the actions, however good actions I may do, it is limited. With that, how can I have an infinite result? The idea of eternal heaven is not there in Vedanta. Because however good actions we may do, how enormous may be our good actions, but it has a limit. How can something limited can produce something which is unlimited? So that's the idea behind na asti akrita kritena. So the idea that by good actions I will attain heaven, it's true. We do attain higher realm of existence. And they do last for aeons together. For long, long ages, we may be established in that realm of existence. But as has been spoken of in the scriptures, as has been spoken of in the Bhagavad Gita, Kshine Punye Martya Lokam Vishanti. When the results of all the good actions is exhausted, we again have to come back to this earthly existence, Martya Lokam, the world where death is something which is palpably visible. We always see the death is there. So that's the Martya Loka. Martya Loka means where the Mrityu prevails. That is Martya. Kshine Punya. Again, we come to this world. So what's the difference between Martya Loka and the higher Loka? It's only the span of life. From our relative point of existence, we think that, okay, even if we don't attain eternity, to have such a long lifespan of ages, that also without disease and decay, means decay in the sense not as fast as in this world, is something desirable. But know it for certain, in this world, everything is relative. From our human standpoint, that appears to be eternal. But when you attend that loka, know it for certain, your relativity, this, that your sense of the time is so relative. For you, it won't appear to be eternal life. To give an example, just say it's ordinary mosquito or a worm. Its lifespan is just few days or maybe a month. Even take your the pet, it may be a dog or a cat, at the most 14-15 years. If the dog really contemplates on human life, to, to a dog, to a cat, we are eternal. Just to have four, five times more lifespan than the dog. Do we feel we are eternal? But from the standpoint of the dog or the cat, our life appears to be really eternal. So that's what the idea of relativity. If you, if you don't remember, as a small child, one year was too long for us. We still remember that when we used to get promoted to class, this higher grades in the primary level, that one year appeared to be too long. If we still remember that how we used to feel as a child. And as we grow, we find that the year are passing so quickly. Again, it's a question of relativity. Suppose a child of eight years or 10 years, for him, one year compared to eight years is quite long. For a man of 40 or 50 or 60, one year compared to 40, 50, 60 becomes short. So again, it's the question of relativity. As we grow old, that one year becomes shorter to the span of life which I've already spent and it appears to be passing very quickly. For the child, when he has already, he says here, he is the, 
just existing for few years. For him, one year is quite long. So that's the idea of relativity, that we, from our plane of existence, think that life to be eternal, but know it for certain. When you are in that level of existence, it appears you are again in Martya Loka only. And that also, when the punya is over, again we have to come down. So that eternal dissatisfaction, that as Buddha told, with all the relative existence, the first Arya Satya is Dukkha. Dukkha is not suffering, it means dissatisfaction. We are never satisfied. However, higher grades of pleasure, higher realms of existence we may get, we again go around the same cycle of birth and death, never to reach that satisfaction. So that's what is being indicated by the term na asti akrita kritena. So one who is established, who is the knower of Brahman, one who is aspiring to get established in the knowledge of Brahman, the first sign is this, this dissatisfaction becomes palpable in his life. He knows it for certain with all these efforts, at last the eternal happiness which he or she is searching can never get. It's just like as Swamiji used to say, with all our attempts, what we are doing, it's just a nice packing. We are trying to cover a corpse with beautiful flowers, fragrant flowers. We know it for certain. If it stays for quite long, the corpse will start smelling. We can never cover up the corpse with fragrant flowers. In our life, that constantly when we find that to lead the spiritual, spiritual life is a big challenge. Immediately, we try to compromise with that highest ideal. It's quite oh, okay. We will take the name of Lord and rest of the time, we will try to get, remain engaged with all our worldly ways of existing and God should help us to maintain that stability there. That's our spirituality. But we know it for certain. With our common sense, if we try, is it ever possible that stability will continue? The things will change so quickly. In life, all the golden moments just passes off. Again, we find we are in that same state of dejection. It never continues. It's flowing. But somehow we go on deluding ourselves that it will continue. So that's the thing, that he becomes highly sensitive. The one who is totally disgusted with his phenomenal existence becomes highly sensitive. He has that extreme common sense that with all our education, the thing which we are lacking is common sense. We're constantly fooling ourselves with all sorts of engagement, knowing very well that it at last is not going to give me the happiness, the pleasure, the bliss, which I constantly am chasing. It never can give me ultimate. It is just a bandage. You're just going on, uh, what you say that doing some fasted over some lacerated wound, which is never going to heal. So that's the condition. And he knows it for certain. He becomes extremely alert, aware, never forgetting that this is the state of existence which we can never avoid. So that's the thing. So, so, so what's the way out? The way out is nirvedam ayat. That enough of this chasing after the desires of life. Nirvedam. To nirvedam means to be to get freedom from the desires, nirvedam. These words are so sublime words, nirvedam. So to be free from desires. So to ayat means to acquire. So they try to acquire freedom from the desires. Enough of it. Let me retreat from this chase after this mad rush after the desires, which is not going to give me any fulfillment. Nothing that is, that, uh, that's the thing. In order that he may understand that eternal. Tat Vigyanartham. So what he's do? He has to go towards the Guru. Sa Gurum Eva 
abhigachet the one who is already established in the knowledge of brahman has to approach him with full shraddha the shraddha is the basic thing in spiritual life what the shraddha means as the scripture defines shraddha as faith in guru and faith in the scriptures the faith is required at the very beginning if i go with a doubting mind doubt is okay means there are two things that what guru says i don't understand what the scripture says i don't understand but with full humility i accept the fact that it is because of my lack of understanding i cannot relate to this truth but they are true most probably after hearing that truth when i go on cogitating upon it constantly contemplating on it, upon it gradually the ideas become clear that the example which we give if a primary school student says that unless you can prove me all the laws fundamental laws the laws of gravitation the electromagnetic laws that you say this is the equation and he says that prove it what's the answer that first you have to have faith in it it's only through the process of education when you go to the higher standards or go to the graduation level or post graduation level then you will be capable to understand at beginning you have to take it as a working principle isn't it in the school that we were doing that's why swami vivekananda used to say a very interesting thing that superstition is everywhere that if you in the world of science there is superstition if you say that something that newton told einstein told immediately i simply swallow it even without salt the problem comes only when you say vyasa told or shankaracharya told then all the doubt comes isn't it in science also we are doing the same thing starting with the faith knowing that gradually through the process of education i will be understanding the things in future so that humility is there in our academic education the same thing is spoken of here in the scriptures when you are visit going to the guru have that faith that he has practiced the religion he has got established in it he knows the truth not only intellectually it is a matter of his realization just the way when we go to the doctor when he we go to the doctor with full faith what's the faith that he has studied the entire medical scripture the medical literature he has gone through it and he is an authentic person to represent that medical science so whatever medicine he gives i never say you have to explain me how it works i just simply have faith i know that what he prescribes i simply have to follow i will get cured because he is the one who is the authority in it so there as the fred sardha works there the same thing is been spoken of here that we have to go to the guru the one who is or a realized soul and that also realization came by following the parampara the scriptures are there the scriptures are enlivened by the lives and that lives follow the succession one life enlightens another life and that's the succession parampara follows so one the guru is a parampara with as well as brahmavit he has realized the brahman following the parampara parampara with and brahmavit when you go to such a guru when and not also it's not with a mere curiosity to really that search the the real that urge for that search for the reality has already got enkindled in you tat vigyanartham sir gurum eva vigachet and you are ready to serve the guru in all possible ways with all humility knowing for well knowing well knowing for certain that he is the one who can show you the way out samit pani srotriyam brahmanishtam so who is that guru he the qualifications he should be srotriya and he should be this brahmanishtha so so with the samitpani what it explains samitpani explains that 
<clears throat> when uh, you go to the guru, guru has his in his ashrama. Every day, the fire sacrifices, the rituals he has to perform to help him. At the very beginning, you take the firewood to show that you are there to serve him with entire humility. So you are, uh, you are what you say that you will be collecting the sacrificial firewood for him. You will fetch water for him. You will tend his cattle. You will render him all the personal service. You are ready to serve the guru in possible ways. And through this activate uh, this act, you cultivate the humility, reverence, and devotion for your guru, which is essential for acquiring the spiritual knowledge. You have to stay with him. It's not just by reading the books you can acquire knowledge. Just the way you, by reading books, I cannot become a doctor. I have to be in the hospital with the other specialists, with all other experienced doctors to really know the way of uh, treatment, surgical procedures. It's not just by reading the books. The association is very important to know the subtleties of the entire process the pitfalls, where it, it's lying, to all know all this, you have to be in the presence of one who is, has already traversed that path. So that's the way this Guru Grihavasa is something without which there cannot be the real spiritual evolution. That's how the Vedic tradition was. Go to him, stay with him, with humility, serve him, follow the way of life he is leading. Observation is a very important thing. When I still remember, uh, I was posted to the one of the <clears throat> Ramakrishna Mission School located in some northeast area where it's mainly the tribals there is a, are the one who are the students. So it's a big challenging job for a novice brahmachari to be there to look after the students. I still remember when I was going uh, when I was posted there, I was about to leave Belurmat to go to that such uh, tribal belt. The senior Swami, who was an assistant secretary, what he told is a very interesting thing. Don't think you are going to observe the students. That throughout the day, as you are there to look after the students, what they're doing, you will be supervising the students. Don't think it is the thing. Yes, of course, you will be supervising. But know it for certain, the students will be supervising you. They're constantly observing you. So what the way you are living, that's very important. In our day-to-day -day life, in our house also, that's the same thing. What we instruct to our children, that's not important. They're very minute observers. The way they learn the language, the way you find everything they're imitating, the way they learn the behavior is not what you speak, is what you're doing throughout the day. So that speaks of the need for one to be in the presence of Guru. Because through that observation, we they, even in the modern biology, the neurology, they say we have mirror neurons. This mirror neurons, just by observing, will be inculcating all those traits which develops when you have developed dispassion for the world. And you have developed and intense yearning to get established in your real self, to go from the doing mode to the being mode that entails in a change in behavior. This attitudinal change results in the change in behavior. It becomes spontaneous. It's not that something they have, they are uh, just uh, consciously doing. That behavior spontaneously changes when your orientation changes. And that's the thing the mirror neurons even unknowingly starts adopting. That's the way, even in modern uh, psychology, neurology, that's the thing they speak of, that how the children's education goes on. So this, to be in presence, is a very uh, important thing, significant thing. And that's how we inculcate, we adopt, inculcate the things, not consciously, unconsciously it happens. And that entails in the real spiritual life. So it's not something just by my mere reason. It's the whole system which has to be a part of it to really become part and parcel, that to really internalize 
all the values which the spiritual life entails. So that's the idea behind so, uh, going to the Guru, serving him, staying with him. So according to the Vedic tradition, the spiritual knowledge can be gained only through the personal contact with the teacher. So that's the idea of Abhigachet, going towards him. So as even in the last class we were indicating, the scriptures are like GPS. So it can of course show us the road, give us the map of the road. But can one just who is for the first time going to drive the car, who has a, who has a learner's license, can he just with a GPS start driving the car? It's impossible. There has to be someone sitting beside him who has the driving license, who is experienced in driving. It's So the scriptures are like the GPS, but the guru is like the one who is having the driving license, who is the experienced driver. Without him, we can never learn the driving. So that's the thing in all the fields of life. What to speak of? That's very interesting. Nowadays, everyone, because of the availability of everything, all the texts in social media, all have started thinking that this is sufficient. I have so much of resource. With this, I can become spiritually evolved. Know it for certain. Like any other knowledge, the association with the teacher is important. Without that, the knowledge is not possible. Now, who is the guru? So what are his, what are his qualities? As we mentioned, he is Srotriyam. Srotriyam speaks of Paramparavid, that he has learned the scriptures, not in a self, by studying by himself, in a self-styled manner. He has, he knows the tradition. He reads the scripture and because what's the basic thing in the scripture? Srotriyam. Srotriyam is one who is heard. In the olden days, there was no uh, written thing. The printing press and all those things have come much later. So in the olden days, it was a big challenge to retain the knowledge. How to retain the knowledge? It's only through memorizing. You hear something from your guru and you have to memorize. Now the biggest challenge is that how much you can memorize. So if you have to memorize all the information, it speaks of vast amount of information that has to be memorized. So what used to be done the knowledge was encrypted in the form of sutras, in the mantras, that the realization, the experience is encrypted into that mantra, into that sutra. Just the way a student throughout the year studies the text. And before the night, before the examination, he cannot study the entire text. What he has done while he was reading the, all the texts, he prepared some notes that Notes were the encrypted information of the entire text before examination, maybe on the night before examination or one, two days he has get he has to revise the entire thing before examination. What he does, what he does, he will be going through that notes. That's encrypted just by going through that. He has already studied the vast thing. Just by reading the entire knowledge now, just simply flashes in his mind. And the revision happens. So this mantras actually has been lived by someone previously. After living a life, they have went to the realization that all has been encrypted in it. Now, unless the one who has lived that life, he, while reading the scripture, instructs the disciple with that entire elaboration. It can never be clear. If I just reading it, I think I have understood there will be a lot of gap in understanding. The one who has encrypted it now has to elaborate it by the commentary of his own life. So that's why Srotriyam and Brahmanishtam, he has realized Brahmanishta and his realization is the reflection of the scriptures. Following the scriptures, following his own guru, he has realized now he's decoding. His realization is decoded through the scriptures. So this process of encoding and decoding through the scriptures and the realized soul goes on through succession. That is the idea of parampara. So just the way that we have our biological parents, so there are spiritual parents. 
this guru is a spiritual parent. He's a he's my spiritual father, spiritual mother, the spiritual knowledge which was encrypted in the scriptures through his life is transmitted through me. So Srotriyam speaks of the parampara with well versed in the scriptures and that also following the tradition he has understood it and that has led him to the realization that he has got established in Brahma. See his Brahman Ishtam always devoted to Brahman being established in it. He's always in the studying uh, what you say that he's contemplating on Brahman. So he's Brahmanishtam and Srotriyam. So these are the qualifications of the Guru. So the next mantra will now enunciate the qualifications of the seeker. So in this mantra, shortly, just with the two words, Srotriya and Brahmanishta, that if one is Srotriya and one is Brahmanishta, other qualifications of the Guru is bound to manifest in the Guru. So with these two, they speak of the qualities which is required for a guru. Now the next mantra will enunciate the qualifications of the seeker. The student also has to have some qualification. Just the way when we go for some academic education, higher education, we do have to have some basic qualification. Then only we can go for that. So whenever we speak of adhikara, there is so much of criticism that in Vedanta, in the name of adhikara vada, that so many people were kept aside from the knowledge of the scriptures. But again, we do the mistake. We don't understand the pure purport that when we are going to seek something for that, we should be capable. Unless I have developed the distaste for life, the detachment, a sense of renunciation, Viveka, Vairagya has not developed. Dispassion has not developed. Yearning for higher knowledge has not developed. Even going to the Guru will be of no help. When Swami Sharadananda was in Udbodhan, much later when Ramakrishna has passed away, Swami Sharadananda himself was quite senior. So in Udbodhan, uh, this where Holy Mother stayed, that's the center now. So many devotees used to come. So one day one such person came and just told Sharat Maharaj, Sharadananda, that I came to do Sadhu Sangha, Sadhu Sangha Kurteshichi. Swami Shardananda immediately gave a very nice reply. He told in Dakshineshwar, when Ramakrishna was residing, the temple officials were there. The other priests were there. They also saw Ramakrishna. Seeing his madness for God, falling on the ground, rubbing his face on the ground, they thought him to be mad. They were in his presence, but as they have no as such, urge within them, no such dispassion. So they could never relate to the state in which uh, Ramakrishna was, the state through which he was going to the uh, existence, the state of existence in which he was. They could never relate. And even when he was realized, they only knew that there is a Ramakrishna Paramahansa staying there. Many people, learned people come, associate with him, but they never developed the urge to be in his company, though they were in physical presence with him. So it is not mere presence, be to be in the physical presence of the guru that you learn everything. In a medical college, it is only the medical students who can really get the knowledge from the experienced surgeon and the doctors who are the, the teachers. There are some other staff who are this not directly related to the medical thing. There's the cleaners or some in the administration. They're constantly with the doctors. Do they get the same benefit as a medical student? No. So because they don't have the qualification which the students have. So to be a learner, I should have proper qualifications. So those qualifications will be spoken of in the next sloka. The next mantra will enunciate the qualifications of the seeker, which will entail in imparting this Brahma Vidya by the Guru. And such transmission of knowledge alone can result, can yield some result. Otherwise, there won't be any result. So what are the qualifications of the student? So now let's go to the mantra and then we'll go to the discussion. 
कस्मै स विद्वान उपसन्याय सम्यक प्रशांत चित्ताय शमान्विताय येन अक्षरम पुरुषम वेद सत्यम प्रवाच तांग तत्वत ब्रह्म so to that people who has duly approached with humility with a real urge for knowing tasmai savidwan upasanyaya samyak the samyak word is important with all the qualities with he's he's encompasses all the qualities which are required to uh, have the knowledge uh, uh, to have the impartial of knowledge to be really productive all the qualities which has to have samyak rupena in totality so with all those uh, this uh, qualities he is approaching the student who is approaching the guru so now this qualities what are the qualities prashanta chittaya he should be completely serene prashanta his chitta should be shanta he has and that through viveka uh, and vairagya through discrimination and dispassion he has developed to certain extent that prashanta chitta that prashanta chitta is something which comes when we have developed that humility if i always am very much having that pride in spiritual life this ego is a very in it acts in a very subtle way how that i am the disciple of such and such guru my guru is better than others i know everything i have studied the scriptures so these are the words which are used in the upanishad in uh, other upanishads like in chandogya upanishad stabdha you will find that he has a sense that he is all knowing that's he becomes like stabdha holier than thou attitude he develops or she develops such as that i belong to such and such lineage brahma bandhu that i what i have developed is not important i am disciple of such and such person with that becomes my identity so he is a brahma bandhu one who is established in brahma he is a friend of him he is associated with him so how nice terms have been used in the upanishad it's he is a brahma bandhu with such attitude if you approach know it for certain the spiritual knowledge is never going to dawn in you so completely serene means free from pride and other blemishes like arrogance all knowing holier than the attitude and such and such lineage i belong to with this type of attitude the spiritual knowledge will never uh, fructify in our life in any way it won't become productive so prashant chitta speaks of that serenity developed from humility with full openness of mind you approach so that's why when people used to say ramakrishna that you are avatar ramakrishna used to say someone is a doctor kyu kare daktari kyu kare okaluti in bengali he used to say i will just translate kyu kare daktari kyu kare okaluti avar bole avatar so what he is saying that you are using a balance is to to weigh something and that balance itself is faulty why it is faulty your knowledge is just you may be an established person in so called this worldly life is concerned as for the worldly life is concerned you may be a doctor you may be a lawyer you call a doctor avar bole avatar so yes these are the field of your knowledge what you know about avatar just you are hearing from other people or that as you are associating yourself with me so you want to have that pride that i am in association with an avatar but what you know about it so that's the idea of prashant chitta so you go with humility not with all those uh, what is it there's uh, advertised ideas to get identified with it and to have a sense of uh, superiority so that has to totally go off with the full openness and humility for your own benefit not for uh, just having a type of social status so when you approach then what's this 
shaman is next quality is shamanvitaya that humility and shama shama speaks of the control of the mind and of course it speaks of the control of the senses why shama has been told instead of dhamma dhamma speaks of control of the senses but if you are forcefully controlling the senses that won't help first you have control the mind with the conviction that it is going to help me in spiritual life so control of the mind and the control of senses both have to be understood by the word shaman vitaya so he goes with that humility he has already uh, what is he started developing the detachment from the the sensitive pleasures of life his shamanvita his prashanta chitta with this qualities now he goes pravacha tang tatvata brahma vidyan when a student has developed these two qualities prashanta chitta and shamanvita then only the guru should instruct it is a duty of the guru it's not that the means uh, it is a choice of the guru it is imperative it is mandatory that the guru should instruct that's the idea is upanishad saying yena aksharam purusham veda satyam pravachatam tatvata brahma vidya should indeed impart the knowledge of brahman it's the duty of the preceptor to help such a qualified student who has approached him to cross the great oceans of arrogance ignorance so this so what's the knowledge he has to impart aksharam purusham veda satyam the knowledge of the akshara purusha which alone is the satya the word purusha in our scripture what it means etymologically the word has two meanings purusha means that which fills everything that which pervades everything purnatvat that which is pervading anything is purusha the another meaning is puri shayanat purusha the one who is residing in your heart so now this appears to be contradictory that which is pervading the entire existence how can it be in something which within my heart the sums you are speaking of something very vast again you are speaking the same thing to be very small to be residing in your heart how can it be ramakrishna used to say very nicely in his simple colloquial way that the lord is everywhere but the devotee's heart is his living room bhakte hridaye bhagavaner boithakkhana so what's the idea that when he sings the ramakrishna's words are so simple sometimes we miss the point when he's saying that the devotee's heart is god's living room what is indicating the same idea that he is all pervading that his purnatvat his that he uh, this purnatvat expresses all pervasiveness of the lord then how can he be purishanat how can he be just residing in your heart so he that the heart is the drawing room of god what's the idea that in your house you have access to each and every corner of the house you can go to the kitchen you can go to the your bedroom you can go anywhere in your house your study room everywhere you have the access but when a guest visits you you will be sitting with him in the living room isn't it so when we have to commune with the divine which is all pervading that communion has to happen in the heart so god exists everywhere but he is realized in the heart just as light is everywhere but to see the light i need the eyes there there comes the question of locality that light is everywhere but to perceive it i have to have the eyes similarly god is everywhere but to really uh, realize him feel him it has to be felt in the heart so that's why both the words which indicates purusham is correct it is though all pervading at the same time it is purnatvat at the same time it is puri shayanat so that's the one who resides in your heart he the scripture now asks what is the need of the scripture to instruct us something which is beyond the sensory world of sensory perception someone has realized it but to make the world aware of it the scripture is there what is saying the purusha the one who resides in your heart 
one who is realized in your heart is the one who is aksharam aksharam means undecaying he is there is no decay in him he is in his eternal present he is the in the scriptures they use the word that purana purusha purana pura api navaiva ever aging never old pura api navaiva is purana he is a purana purusha that's daksharam he is in the eternal present the question of time comes when there is a change transformation if there is no transformation the time collapses there is no question of time it is as it is it is an eternal present so that's the meaning of the word aksharam the one who resides in your heart who has to be realized there the all pervading existence the all pervading non dual entity resides in our heart that's aksharam and being aksharam he is the satyam because in hindu tradition in this vedas satya the truth is which is trikala vadita whose existence is never annihilated whose existence never ceases it never ceases to exist it was it is it will be it is trikal satya is trikal avadita who is uninterrupted by the three phases of time past present and future so to realize the purusha which is all pervading i have to realize him in my heart and there when i realize him i find his akshara and big akshara is the only satya everything else is perishable everything else is just a projection for the time being it is there when i am seeing the snake in a rope the rope was the rope is the rope will be because of ignorance for the time being i see it as a snake as long as the ignorance is there i see it as a snake but the moment the ignorance vanishes someone brings the torch light focuses and see see it's a rope my ignorance now falls off the rope again remains it it was rope even when i was in ignorance it was rope before ignorance it was rope after ignorance it was it is rope so it never changes it's because of ignorance we come to this phenomenal existence and find everything is in a flow it's a superimposition it's a projection something behind is saying you're eternal but i find no eternity and that gives a dissatisfaction i go on trying to find eternity in something which is never possible and so this projection has to fall off and then i find actually i am always eternal i don't have to become eternal i'm already that it is because of the ignorance that i was superimposing something on the reality and that superimposition was a flow was constantly changing and i could never realize that eternity there it is already there within me i just ignorance has to fall off and then you get established in that so for this to get established in that the student has to be prashanta chitta and he has to be shamanita and then when he approaches the guru who is srotriya and brahmanishta the narain meets ramakrishna then only the spiritual tsunami is possible ramakrishna many people have met but when narain meets then only the spiritual tsunami is possible the one who is approaching ramakrishna with that question with that that can we see god and he is that that's the same question he was asking to so many people ramakrishna with assertion says yes can be seen and the, from where he is saying from his own conviction that as a, the arthrikam song which we are singing today every day we sing that gata sangshaya drira nischaya all the sangshaya doubts has fallen off when you have seen something there cannot be any doubt of it unless i have seen the ocean i have read it in the geography book however i may read the description someone may come and say such thing is not there there still exists flat earth society they say all this in the books is not real earth is flat there flat earth society is still there and now their grounds are shaking how when the from the space from the satellite 
Now you can see the, you can take the picture of the earth, which is a globe. So now when you have something so tangibly visible, once you have realized it's perceptible, then all those doubts, no question, when I am walking on the earth, it, do look, it, it does look flat. So some may easily with reasoning can make me believe, though I have read in the geography book that earth is not flat, I may be convinced by his arguments and start believing. But if I just can perceive that earth is really a globe, there is no one, however strong that arguments may be, that can never in, in any way create doubt in us. So the only criteria for knowledge is realization. Unless we have realized there is no knowledge. So intellectuality is a double-edged sword. With intellectualism, we can prove anything. We can again disapprove anything. We can just nullify anything, anything. That's what happens in the court. The way you just construct your arguments on that depends whether you're going to win or not. It's a game of your intellectuality. With intellectualism, I can prove anything. I can simply uh, negate anything. It's only the realization. That's why even in the court, at last, the witness is the important thing. It's not the way you are argumenting. That's the last point. The witness is the last point. The one who has witnessed. There, when unless there is a witness, we find that it is so difficult to prove. When this, when you have a series of witnesses, then all those arguments fall off. So here also, that realization is the last word in spirituality. With intellectuality, is a double-edged sword. So when one has realized Brahmanishta, Srotriya, to such a person, when a student who is Prashanta Chitta, who is Shamanita, he approaches, then this spiritual tsunami happens. A total transformation of the life happens. Overhauling of the personality happens. And then the life becomes fulfilled. Though living, the total perspective changes and nothing can anymore delude him. He becomes the, his own life becomes fulfilled and his existence, as long he exists, becomes the succor, the cause of peace and spiritual uh, revival of the entire humanity. So that's being spoken of in this last two mantras of this chapter. Now we will enter into the real text of the Upanishad, which speaks of the Brahma Vidya, which we are going to start studying again from the next class. So with this, we conclude the study of the second chapter of the first part of Mundaka Upanishad. Thank you all. Namaskars.